0: This is the Commuter Pulse podcast, a podcast for students who live off campus at the University of Illinois at Chicago. Here, we will share key stories, resources, and useful tips for students making a daily commute to campus. We will be airing a new episode every week during the fall and spring semesters, with topics ranging from dealing with stress to taking a guided tour of Student Center East. We hope you enjoy and tune in next week. If you're a student and would also like to be part of the Commuter Pulse podcast team, you can learn how to record, host, and edit audio by contacting Christina Garcia at kgarcia4 at uic.edu. Today, I'm joined by the Director for Student Leadership and Civic Engagement Initiatives here at UIC, Spencer Long. So, Spencer, could you take a moment to introduce yourself?
1: Sure. My name is uh, Spencer Long. I oversee the Student Leadership And civic engagement office here at UIC. So we're responsible for leadership development, volunteering community service programs, as well as work around civic learning and democratic engagement. So we serve the entire campus community uh, from undergrads through grad and professional students.
0: So a lot more than just the title, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Would you be able to share a little bit about why you think voting is important?
1: Yeah, sure. So, you know, voting is a a part of our civic duty, right? So the idea of casting your vote is important. You know, we were just in a a meeting a couple weeks ago with President Preckwinkle, president of Cook County, and she was sharing uh, she ran for alderman three times before winning. Um, And the third time, she only won by like 109 votes. So a lot of people claim that their votes don't count, but they all count, especially Mm -hmm. in very close races. And so, um, it's a civic duty, and and, the, and people think that a lot of times their votes don't count, um, but they do. They all count, and so that's, to me, why voting is a point, a por- important. It's your way of expressing your your voice, uh, showing what's important to you, um, and so that's why it's important for students to vote.
0: Right on. And I think that leads into the next question around how to actually complete the voting process. So how do I – Just generally, how can I register to vote?
1: Yeah, so there's a number of ways you can register to vote. Um, Most of our students here at UIC are in our state of Illinois residents. And so if you have a state-issued ID in the state of Illinois, so that'd be a a driver's license or a state ID, you can register to vote online. It's very Mm -hmm. easy. Um, You can just go to just search register to vote at Illinois or Illinois voter registration. And you can register to vote directly that way. That's one avenue. UIC also has um, a site, vote.uic.edu, where students can log in. And that's where they can register to vote as well. So that supports all 50 states. Mm -hmm. And then in addition to being registered to vote, students can then opt in to receive reminders about elections. So 30 days out, 30 days out, it'll say, hey, don't forget, in 30 days you have an election coming up. This is what it's about and then the day before it also sends a reminder. And so that's, that's uh, two ways to register to vote, and then at uh, the different points throughout the school year, we also have folks here on campus where you can do a paper form and register to vote that way. Um, which again, in the state of Illinois, if, if someone's outside of the state, they can always stop by the office. Student leadership, civic engagement, and we can help navigate the, the specific rules. Or their state. So every state's a little different. There mm-hmm. is there is national forms. There's now a national voter registration form, but who can fill out the form or who can turn it in sometimes depends on the state that you live in. And so um, each state's a little different in kind of their approach. Illinois is we're very lucky mm-hmm. um, in that it's really easy to register if you're a state Illinois resident. It's awesome. Yeah. And now part of it's part of the voter or when you go and get your state ID anyways, you can register to vote. It's like at the same in. Time. Yeah, it's all built in. So. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, and I'm wondering, too, around early voting and absentee voting. Yeah. So, And how that process might look different or similar to what's already outlined.
1: Yeah. So I can speak intimately again about Illinois. Every state is a little different. Um, so for city of Chicago residents on campus, we have early voting for three days before any election. So. Okay. By state law, we have to have early voting for City of Chicago residents. So the Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday before any general election, which will always be on a Tuesday, we have we have early voting here on campus. So any City of Chicago resident can early vote here. The City of Chicago, if you live in the City of Chicago, has 30 days of early voting at a multitude of locations in every, every ward of the city. So you can go to your local ward, and you can actually vote vote there Mm -hmm. um if you're in suburban cook county i don't know the exact number of days but i believe it's also 30 days there are a number of places that you can early vote in cook county as well um so if i live in schaumburg and i take the metro in you could actually go to the cook county building and daily plaza and early vote there for 30 days um this idea about absentee voting um I like to think it as vote by mail and not absentee. So Mm -hmm. specifically in the state of Illinois, you don't have to have a reason, right? Absentee back in the day, people had to have a reason why they couldn't vote at the polls. Like you had to say like, oh, I'm going to be in surgery or I'm going to be out of the country. And you had to provide proof instead of just now we call it vote by mail. So you can can request a ballot, be sent to your house, you fill it out and you mail it in, um, vote by mail. So you can do that. Which for a lot of our students who are listening to this who might be commuting, you could think like, well, I'm just going to I'm just gonna vote on the day of at home, but then forget you've probably got an hour commute in, an hour commute home. There may be homework and other things that get involved versus if you vote by mail, goes home, you can fill it out on the train on the way in. Mm-hmm. You could do it at two in the morning when you're up. You could do it whenever, right? You just fill it out. You stick it in the mail and that's it. You don't have to worry about the stamp or anything. It's all paid for. You just request it and send it in. So that to me is the the route that we're going to really try to go to this next election cycle is really pushing the vote by mail. Again, every state is different, right? So if if anyone's listening and not an Illinois resident, I would encourage them to look into what their local state or local uh, election office is going to tell them because it may be slightly different. The rules around vote by mail maybe a little bit more restrictive or, um, you know, the timeline for requesting one and when it has to be submitted Does there's not a universal like rules for those. And Mm -hmm. so it's always important to reach back out to your, or connect with us again in the office and we'll help research kind of what the best avenues are. Uh, But then again, I go back to vote.uic.edu. It's a really great site that provides a lot of those resources So on the 30-day-out reminder, it does include information about vote-by-mail.
0: Okay. Yeah. See, and that's something I never would have thought about previously, just that that would be an option for somebody who's local. So that's great to know.
1: Yeah, especially, like, your days are busy, right? So you may, on election day, people don't realize it may take you two or three hours to vote because there may be a big line Mm. versus I can vote-by-mail on a Saturday while I'm watching college football or something like that and get it in the mail and then not have to worry about waiting in line. I could do it on my time versus on somebody else's time.
0: That's awesome. Well, and I think, too, you mentioned on the website that there were some resources or a number of resources. I'm wondering if you can share a little bit about nonpartisan resources that you know of that might be available and helpful in informing students and everyone in general on how to vote.
1: Yeah, so we we try to provide as many nonpartisan resources as we can um, Ballotpedia is a great site. Um, Ballot Ready is a site, favorite site of mine. So Ballot Ready um, was actually started here in the city of Chicago um, in the Rahm Emanuel Chuy Garcia runoff as a way to inform residents about the various issues that the candidates stood on. Um, there were there were people in Chicago who were like, how do I know what these people stand for, and how am I going to remember mm. specifically like not only mayor but then all their people and things like that. And so um, they actually created this site that's now turned into a national tool based off of the mayoral election in 2015. So why, like, ballot ready is you literally go on and you click, for instance, president's race, right? We've got 2020 coming up. You can click president's race, and it will list, let's say, in November, um, it will list the Republican candidate and the Democratic candidate side-by-side you know, list all the people that have endorsed either candidate and their various view standpoints on a number of issues. And so okay. then you can go in and you can say, all right, I like this or I like this. And then you can actually pick them, you know, go into your queue. You go on to the next thing. Okay, everyone's got to vote for U.S. representative every two years, right? Mm-hmm. So your next thing is going to be who do you want to vote for for U.S. rep. So you'll do that and you make all your choices and then you can actually print it out and take it with you to the ballot, and it will say all the people that you voted for in your printout, so you don't have to remember, right? So it came, uh, for me, the last midterm election, the governor's race, when we had, like, 50, 60 judges. There were some judges that I didn't want to vote for and some that I did. But to remember 50 names in my head, I could just take that resource in with me that already kind of voted. And they do the same thing for ballot issues. So if you know there's going to be a ballot issue on... I don't, there's all sorts of stuff that are on there, right? Marijuana was a, one in the last election. There was stuff about water reclamation districts, mm-hmm. like the stuff that is really hard to know all the intimacy stuff about unless you do your homework that um, you can go in and like, use this ballot-ready tool. Uh, League of Women Voters seems to be a very good nonpartisan um, site. So there's, there's a number of sites out there that are, that are good, and we, list, we try to list them on our site okay. when, we, when we have them.
0: Okay. Yeah. That, I mean, that's really helpful. And I think that this might lead into my final question really around sure. what should I know before I vote? And it sounds like some of it is related to the important issues or the stances of uh, specific candidates on specific responsibility or specific topics. Uh, but is there something else that comes to mind that would be helpful?
1: Yeah. I, I always tell people like, a, you have to be registered, right? Okay. So I, I there's no, there's no reason if you're eligible, right, you shouldn't be registered to vote. Like, that should be the easiest thing out of the whole deal. Um, and, again, in Illinois, that's super easy. Some other states, it can be a little bit more difficult. But I think the last time I heard, like, 90% of our students come from the state of Illinois. So, like, it mm-hmm. should be easy. If, if you're eligible, right, there are a number of reasons why you might not be able to vote. But if you're eligible, that should be the easiest checkbox to, like, all right, register. Mm-hmm. And then I do feel it's important for people to vote. Like I do want I do want everyone to vote, but to me if you're not an informed voter, then I don't know why you're voting, right? Like if you don't know the issues that you're going to vote on or educate yourself on it, to me it's not like you're just voting because something that somebody else told you mm-hmm. or something that like someone else told you to believe in versus forming your own opinion about the issues that are important to you or important to your community or important to your family or whatever those issues are. Like if you don't take the time to learn about it, like it's kind of not using your vote to the best advantage. So I always tell people be informed voters. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are things you need to know? Um, well, if you're voting on election day, know where your polling place is at and, um, know what topics or issues are you going to be voting on um, and then I would say um, if you firmly believe in those things to help get other people behind them Right, I'm f- there, I think a lot of us are more closer together than we think and there are these small little niche issues that are really dividing us And so I think rallying people and having those conversations about why people view things differently, or helps you become more informed. So I mean, taking the time to listen to a debate, or taking the time to watch a debate, a lot of people are like, well, I don't do politics, I don't like politics. Um, But it's just too important, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So I would just say being educated all around the topics and understanding the other viewpoints is equally as important as you go in and vote. So um, those are the things I think you should know before voting.
0: Awesome. Another question related to students who may not be eligible to vote for whatever reason, like you mentioned, what are some other ways that they perhaps can get involved in the process or advocate for many of the issues that they care about?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, there's nothing stopping people from registering people to vote. You don't have to Mm -hmm. necessarily be eligible to vote to register people to vote. Um, You don't have to be eligible to vote to host a ballot party right Mm. so using ballot ready to host a ballot party to help making sure people are educated there's nothing that says you can't help get out the vote either there's nothing stopping you from encouraging people to vote even if you're not eligible so those are the things directly tied to voting but there's a ton of other ways through grassroots efforts and community building or working with elected officials right there's nothing saying that if you're not eligible to vote, you can't work with elected officials, they still represent you or the decisions that they make still represent where you live or your day-to-day life, that there's no reason you can't work and advocate with them or support them financially, right? So, uh, or campaign for them or, right, there's none of those things that are stopping you. Um, and in some cases, even though you may not be eligible to vote, there's nothing in some cases, not all cases, but in some cases, stopping you from running to vote, right? Like that, like you can run for some local positions without being a citizen, per se, um, to run for office. You may not be able to run for some offices, but again, all of those rules change by position. But there's a number of ways that you can still support uh, and be engaged without necessarily, quote-unquote, voting for whatever reason that may be. There's, there's a multitude of ways. Um, yeah, advocacy, lots of.
0: Well, with that, thank you for taking the time to talk with us. And we hope that this can encourage or at least educate more and more commuting students on how to vote and how to make it accessible to them into the future. This has been the Commuter Pulse Podcast. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Catch a new episode each week during the fall and spring semesters. Until then, commuters.